You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Vanessa. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly podcast where we break down your favorite Bravo shows in 30 minutes or less. And we have a jam-packed agenda. So let's dive into it and start with New York. Uh, So we're still in the Hamptons. And it's really continuing on from the premiere with the whole kind of blondes versus brunettes. Which, What do you think about this? Kind of the two sides early on. I mean, a part of me, I kind of see it both ways. So the ladies, so Luann has been... Barbara and Bethany are really helping Luann with her sobriety and supporting her with everything. Sonia being included as a part of that. But I do think so. Luann's very sensitive about being triggered by Dorinda or Ramona. She doesn't really want them to attend uh, Barb's that she's going to be having. So on one hand, I totally get that, especially because 55 days being sober at that point, I feel like is still not a lot of time and you know you got to be respectful of that but on the flip side I'm like why are you doing this show well this isn't everything yeah. gonna like in theory gonna trigger you like well, and she watching was, it yeah I, that's the whole thing I don't understand like don't come on the show if you're in such a vulnerable state and I feel like she's almost using it as a way to kind of exclude people because they pissed her off um and the other thing too is so it's um barbara who's kind of the new girl uh sonia leaves the blondes to come out and have dinner with um luann and bethany and then another woman named ann and they spend the whole time kind of talking about like how they knew luann was going down a dark path and she was upset that bethany wouldn't give her six million dollars for a house and oh my god what like can we have a moment for the six million dollar house? Like, how crazy is that? It's so that bizarre. is bananas. And I love it's the fact really weird. She's emailing people for money. Like, it was that. I mean, clearly this is just kind of the the place she was in and how bad it was. But they were talking about it so freely, and we're only talking about fifty five days. I mean, this is like not even two months sober. So, if she feels like strong enough to be talking about the dark place she was in fifty five days ago, how? how is she not strong enough to deal with, you know, Ramona or Dorinda? And I've never been in this situation. Like I don't have a lot of addiction um, issues in my family. So I don't, I don't know. And so I don't want to like minimize what she's going through, but it does seem odd that she can be on a reality show. She can talk about her downward spiral, but she can't face two people that have hurt her in the past. Yeah. No, I think ultimately what it comes down to is that she needs money. 
and being on Bravo and being on the show gets her closer to that $6 million house that she can maybe afford. But again, I'm with you. I don't want to minimize her situation. I empathize for her. I do give her props for speaking so openly about it. Maybe it holds her more accountable by being so vocal, but it just is a little confusing. Yeah. I, but I'm also like, it was really like eye opening as they were talking about it, that her friend Barbara basically forced herself to become power of attorney for Luann, which I don't know how that's possible when someone's an adult. I, so I was having a side conversation. Kyle was watching with, watching it with me and he mentioned that it's not as difficult to become someone's power of of attorney as it may sound I don't know all the legalities and the logistics but he made it seem like it's not as complicated I thought they had to agree to you being power of attorney though yeah I'm sure that plays into it as well so I mean if Louianne said yeah but she made it sound like she had like forced herself um the other thing that was kind of like a, sort of a more of a light moment, though, um, Bethany's rental property or investment property is stunning. Oh, my gosh. I want to move in. I kind of wonder, did you ever watch her spinoff show with Frederick? Yes, I loved it. But I love Frederick. So, I mean, I'm, so do I'm I. Very... I loved it, too. Yeah. It made me wonder if it was that house, but I don't think they ended up buying that house together. But I know she was looking in East Hampton. Yeah. I don't, I mean, she's great at design. And then we go to Barbara's house, who's great at building, but her design is horrible. Oh my God. It's so bad. It's really bad. I mean, money can't buy you class. (laughs) (laughs) My friends. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, and then the other kind of like funny moments is just, I mean, Ramona and her flirting and I love that Dorinda goes Ramona loves to flirt so much that she's hiring people to flirt with like her swimming instructor and her tennis instructor I mean it is crazy what like a I don't know even how to describe her she's just a cougar on the loose oh my god I kind of love it though I I would love a spinoff show of Ramona dating people in New York that'd be great like it would be hilarious I think I feel like she is at a point in her life, love her or hate her, she's 60, she doesn't care what people think as much, so she just kind of says whatever's on her mind, does whatever she wants, and I think it would be a really entertaining, I kind of think of it as like Grace and Frankie, like I feel like Ramona <laughs> needs to be a character in Grace and Frankie, <laughs> it would be so good. She would fit in so perfect, I love that, I've never thought of that, but I love that. Um... But I just kind of picture her in there, like <laughs> with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, it would be so good, granted they're older. But She's not that far still. off. I mean, I guess it's like 20 years because I think Ramona's in her 60s and uh, Jane Fonda just turned 80 something, which is crazy. Yeah. She looks so good. So good. But overall, I mean, I think so. I thought overall it was a little underwhelmed, but it's already shaping up like you and I both said. This is already better than Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. Much better. I think they're going to move forward with the storyline much more quickly more seamlessly and it's going to be a lot more interesting for us oh before we move on from new york but what did you think about the tyler perry quote um i kind of have the same feeling as everyone else i actually love tyler perry like i I secretly watch a lot like his movies when they're on tbs and you're like you know kids are napping and you're sitting on the couch on the weekend um, but I agree with everyone. Like if I am sending someone who's been through a tough time and just, you know, has gone to rehab twice, I'm probably going to quote someone a little bit more, um, universally known for like strong quotes and advice, such as Gandhi, mother Teresa. I even would throw Oprah in there. And I know they mentioned Oprah on there. Like 
Tyler Perry to me would be like the equivalent um, of quoting like a John Mayer song. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I thought it was really, I just thought it was interesting and out of nowhere. And I love that, like the way they teed up that moment was really funny to me because Dorinda was like, yes, that's perfect. That's so mature. Send it. And then after I, they shared what she wrote, I was like, um, what? And no, <laughs> and no context. She goes, I'm just sending this, nothing else. And I thought it was just going to be like, I'm sorry, I can't undo the past. All I can do is try to move forward. I really thought that was it. But the quote, it just threw me for a loop. It was, it was interesting. Um, Very interesting. But so the other thing too with New York, I feel like we're going to have multiple things going on. Like, yes, Luann sobriety is going to be a part of it, but I think there's going to be the whole like Dorinda's drinking. And I think Bethany struggling with, you know, grieving dinner. Like, there's already so many things going on where Beverly Hills, it's like all we have is this, is this damn dog. Oh my God. Beverly Hills and this damn dog. Like you said, I am so over this dog drama. How many episodes are we in? Like four, five, maybe? Five. I can't even keep this track. This is fifth. And honestly, it's always been about the dog. And based on all the comments from people on Instagram, you all are agreeing with us. We're all done with this Lucy, Juicy, Applesauce, crisscross hopscotch whatever her name is it's just it's it's been done since the beginning we knew about it before it happened but we're going to talk about it because we have to yes but before we dive in to too much of lucy lucy i'm not even going to finish the damn dog's name lucy we'll just say lucy (laughs) we start off with kyle sending off her daughter second I would say second to last daughter to college, but Sophia to college. What did you think about all that? It was, so I think for some people it might've been a little boring, but like I was putting myself in Kyle's shoes and I was getting kind of teary eyed because you just think, I mean, my son's not two yet, but I just think like how fast time has gone and there is hopefully going to come a moment where I'm taking him to college. And it already breaks my heart to think there might be a time in his life where we're not living in the same house. So I can see why Kyle was so upset, but I legit cried real tears when I saw little 10 year old Portia just be so sad that her big sister's leaving her. And I mean, now she's the only one there. I know that, um, what's the Alexia, Alexia lives there, but like, I mean, she's, as we saw, gone out to like 4am as she should. So, I mean, Portia's kind of at home now with just her parents. Yeah, no, I thought it was a really, really sweet moment. And honestly, given the timeliness of this episode and everything that broke down with Lori, <laughs> at Lori Loft, I can't say her last name, and Felicity Huffman, I was like, oh my gosh, people are immediately going to double check to make sure that Kyle didn't pay her. She made a statement <laughs> her daughter's about it. Way to, oh, did she really? Yeah, she did make a statement because I guess there were some things like, you know, did Kyle Richards help her daughter get in? And um, apparently she made a statement saying, absolutely not. She's never, I mean, she's not even involved in this. Her name has not come up. Um, and that, none I mean, of the housewives yes. are, but I mean, it is, it's crazy that Felicity Hoffman and I mean, her husband, William H. Macy is very it's successful as well. So that, that we could talk hours for that and maybe one day we will. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was really touching. I love that the whole family was there. My sister did not send me off to college. Did your brother go? Oh, hell no. <laughs> no. And honestly, I was probably okay with it. I mean, for us, it was a two-hour drive. True. <laughs> it could be done in a day. 
Um, when my mom was like very emotional when she dropped me off and I was ready to peace out. Like I hadn't, I was not sad about it at all. I wasn't either. I was so excited, but I think because I wasn't going that far away, I knew I was just a quick drive from home. Yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, that was like a sweet touching part, but really the rest of it centers around this damn dog and the texting. So Teddy goes over to Erica's house for the first time. It's the first time she was ever there. And I feel like this new Teddy and like Teddy's kind of been saying in a few interviews and tweets that she's really found her voice. And I think a lot of it has to do with Erica. I think Erica's like, likes that she stands up. And I think Erica's like, keep going girl. Like don't back down. Yeah, no, I agree with you a hundred percent. I thought the funniest thing about their interaction and her coming over to Teddy coming to Erica's house is that they had that serious talk in her like in-home <laughs> chapel. I was just, I couldn't get past that. An in-home but chapel no. feels kind of like sacrilegious to me. And I, don't, I mean, maybe it's just like the really Catholic in me, but like it would feel weird to have a chapel in your house. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. Um, it was it was very strange. I but I do agree with you a hundred percent that Erica's kind of been coaching her and been like, yes, like say what you want to say, own it, repeat it over and over again. I do like that Erica kind of finally got it out of her that she um, that Teddy wasn't completely innocent in all of this. Yes, and I think I mean I I think all of us probably knew that. I mean. Even before, like, yes, we all knew the text was about Teddy, but we obviously didn't know that she said, bring the dog out. I'll say it looks like, you know, hers and all this. And she admitted to being catty. Um, but um, I I think in that, in Erica's eyes, it probably makes Teddy look even better that she's going to be like, yeah, I'm not perfect, but I'm also not 100% at fault. Yeah, exactly. And truthfully, I mean, let's be real here. Like, they weren't, Teddy and Dorit weren't, like, the best of friends. Of course, they're going to talk shit on each other and the fact that like that kind of came up it didn't surprise me I mean I kind of do wish that she would have just been more upfront with Dorit about that which I'm sure that which is kind of what Teddy's trying to do now she's backpedaling a little bit um but I mean she's at least putting it out there yeah that's true um but so then we kind of switch and it this is the part where you really can see the holes in LVP story so John Blizzard comes over. She makes it sound like she's never talked to John Blizzard before. Then why would you bring him to your house to talk to you? Like it just, that seemed odd to me. If I've never talked to somebody, I'm probably, and you're an employee of mine, I'm not inviting you to my house. I'm going to meet you at our, your place of work where I'm your boss to have this conversation. But um, basically Blizzard says that he put words in Lisa's mouth and he's sorry. But that does then go to show that he did tell Teddy he was told by Lisa to tell her. So while Teddy was a little catty and was going to try to possibly set Dorit up, she, you know, she was, what was being told that Lisa wanted her to be informed. So her story from her eyes, it's really easy to see why she's feeling set up. Oh yeah. And clearly like it was very obvious that Blizzard was told. I mean, we all know that this show is, reality and there's some parts that they they being on cast members have a little control of how they want to dictate things and it was very very clear to me watching that blizzard um was kind of obeying what lisa wanted him to say yeah you could tell it just it seemed very forced and then 
LVP has Kyle and Dorit come over for afternoon tea. Um, and I love that Dorit goes, oh, I thought we were eating lunch. And I'm like, it's four o'clock. Um, <laughs> but so then LVP pr- has the printouts, but she's made handwritten notes. I mean, this is going like, this is becoming like an attorney prepping for like the case of his life. Like I feel like. Oh, it's like Watergate. Yeah. It's like the housewives Watergate. It really <laughs> is. I'm like. <laughs> why is this such a big deal? And you have the notes and you're like, well, Teddy, have you seen, I mean, Dorit, have you seen this? Have you seen what Teddy was saying? And it's like, it's a, I mean, even Dorit, you could see, she's like, I've got a lot to process. Like you're throwing all this at me and I wasn't expecting it coming over. And she didn't even, and she didn't even give them a copy. No. At least to read it. Like I thought I was like, at least give them a copy. Like it'd be a little bit more powerful. How funny she had like a PowerPoint with like pie charts and like, Oh, that would have been so much better. I would have loved it. Um, but, you know, the major hole in her story is she's saying that she, that LVP never talked, has never talked to John Blizzard, um, which we've seen pictures of them at galas together. So yes, clearly- check out at Best of Bravo's Instagram. Um, she, our buddy Maggie, did a little expose on John Blizzard's friendship with Lisa. It's good. So check it out. It's pretty good. Yeah, and so clearly they knew each other. But I like how Kyle, as they're sitting there, was saying, because Dorit then goes, well, Lisa told me that Teddy knows. And so Kyle's like, well, if you never talked to John Blizzard and you didn't tell John Blizzard to tell Teddy, how did you immediately know that Teddy knew? She goes, well, I just told Dorit to get in front of it. I didn't say that Teddy knew. And Dorit's like, no, you called me. And even at that lunch, she you know, said, well, Teddy knows and Teddy's talking about it. Yeah. So, I mean. LVP knew, obviously knew a lot more and I don't know like I will say my gut feeling is that LVP did tell Blizzard to tell Teddy I think she wanted to make Dorit look bad but she wanted her hands clean and I think she was really surprised that Teddy turned it around on her so now she's trying to make Teddy look bad um, and even in this situation yeah Teddy maybe was going to try to set Dorit up but she she really didn't you know I mean Kyle would have found out anyway um, yeah. And I mean, Teddy didn't really, from what we can see, didn't say anything to anybody else. So, I mean, even if it was just with Kyle and LVP, that's really not that bad. No, not at all. And truly, like, I feel like there's been a lot of rumors in the rumor mill that this is Lisa's way of getting out of um, Beverly Hills and then kind of spinning off with Vanderpump Dogs. Like, it kind of is leaning into that way. Like, I could totally see her kind of playing up that narrative, getting Blizzard involved. And is it, like, John Sessa is that other guy's name? And, like, just making the dog such a focal point of the story, it doesn't – it wouldn't surprise me if that's kind of her MO. Well, and they called her Bobby Fisher because she's so calculated and sees, like, ten moves ahead. And so maybe this was another situation where she told Teddy – because now the dog, even when Lisa leaves, this dog is still going to be talked about on the season. And so it, it is going to make people interested in the show. I'll just say overall, I'm probably not going to watch Vanderpump Dogs because it just, I don't see, I don't, it doesn't seem that interesting to me. And I know there'll be drama with the workers, but like, I don't know. Would you watch it? Hell no. I mean, one, they're going to be sober. Yeah. <laughs> Play with dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I mean, I think 
I would imagine the bigger mission of that show is like showing the goodness of the work that they do and placing dogs. Like, I don't even know if like Bravo would be the right network for that type of show. Bravo the right home for it. Yeah. But I can just see it more of like focusing on animal rescuing and like putting that awareness out there, which I totally commend Lisa for, but I know I would not watch at all. Um, Would you watch (laughs) Sandoval ride on a $15,000 motorcycle? Yes. He is so extra and I love it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, his outfit, everything. And I do love that Ariana was like, okay, we're trying to purchase a house. You just put money into a bar and there's no guarantee of like that you're going to actually make money on it. But you want to drop $15,000 on a motorcycle. And you can see his face like drop. She's like, well, I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just pointing out some obvious things. And then he went yes. and basically went with it. Oh, yeah. I love that moment. I loved how um, Ariana kept it real. The one thing that makes me laugh as we continue to watch pump and knowing the success of the show and the success of the restaurants, I wish they would just acknowledge, like, I mean, they don't have to be so, um, outright forthright about it, but just acknowledge that the fact they're getting paid like Instagram ads that could probably pay for this bike. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, they're right. They, they work maybe one shift a week and, or they just film and that's it. I mean, I think if you went to, any of the, like, if you want to serve on a normal day, you're probably not going to see any of them as your servers. Exactly. But anyhow, it was still, I still loved it. And it was, it was great for It him. is cute too, how much the Toms, like, I just feel like they're like maybe the healthiest relationship on the show. Like they really do love each other. And as we saw, even when there's like conflict, um, they can resolve it with one another. So Tom Sandoval decides that they need to go to Mexico because Lisa tells them if they're going to get away, they better do it soon because she's basically going to own them for the next couple of years, which I don't know. I would think anybody opening a restaurant isn't going to go away to Mexico right before it opens, but same. I was kind of like, that doesn't really make sense, but okay. But maybe Lisa's like, might be better to not have them there distracting everyone. And so they accidentally invite James to Mexico. So they say they're going to go on this trip. They're so excited. They get drunk because Schwartz's triplet brothers are in town and they invite James to Mexico and it starts quite the war and quite the fight because Katie does clearly is not over what James said, which do you think she has a right to say no? Or do you think she's being Uh, extreme? I, I, this is hard because I feel like however you respond, it would, Here's the thing. I I feel like Katie needs to have a conversation with James or vice versa where they're, you know, have a little coffee chat moment where they just speak no alcohol involved, not heated and just get it out there. Just resolve this like adults. I do feel like I do agree with Sandoval that James gets a lot of heat for a lot of things he says. And I'm not agreeing with the things James says. But the rest of the cast has equally done crazy things and have said things just as bad. So I, and I, I agree with Sandoval's point there. However, I, it seems like Katie has some deeper issues, and this is clearly um, triggering something in her by being, you know, her body being brought to attention. Remember, like, um, Lisa Vanderpump's, uh, like, party planner had made comments about her weight. Clearly, that's, like, it's something that makes yeah. her feel crappy. And I com- I get that. But I don't think it's enough for a vacation to be ruined. Or uh, not ruined. That's I don't want to say that. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think there's ways for them to just kind of resolve it and be done with it. You don't have to be friends. You don't have to, like, 
sit close to each other kind of I think she should just go be like Jax which I never thought I would say <laughs> just go but Jax doesn't like James right yeah he doesn't like James but he's kind of there and he's fine with it I mean at the end of the day for Katie like if she really pushed James out <clears throat> is the show successful no I mean he and he's needed for this show and yes he's hurt her but I agree Katie said some really hurtful things to people I mean she said awful things to Stassi she said awful things to Kristen and has forgiven them. They ended up being in her wedding. And I know there's a little more history there. Um, but I think there is at some point you have to be open to like forgiving someone. And maybe she just doesn't think James is there yet. Um, but so ultimately Sandoval and Tequila Katie just go head to head. Um, and then the Toms talk. And I thought it was like, this is why I say they're the healthiest relationship because I thought it was the most adult conversation I've seen on the show. Like basically Sandoval's like, don't agree, but you're my business partner. She's your wife. And we're going to tell him that he's not going to Mexico. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I thought it was a really great conversation. And truthfully, like Sandoval was very sharp in that argument. Like yeah. he had something ready. Like every single thing he was saying, I was like, Whoa, like Tom, like, and truth, like I said, I, I agree. And I think Tom had a stronger point in the argument. I think Katie needs to kind of, I don't want to discredit anything that she's, how she feels and not to say that she shouldn't have a point in that, but I, she isn't the completely innocent either. So like we were saying, I think they need to just hash it out. Like her husband did, like how the Toms handled it. I feel like it's how James and Katie need to handle it. Yeah, I agree. Um, but so, I mean, I think ultimately it looks like James really isn't going to Mexico. He was pretty upset about it and said, this is the thing with James too, is even when he's sober and trying to tell people that he, you know, is in a good place, he then turns around and gets so angered. And so he basically calls Schwartzy, like, what did he say? Like, you're a pussy. I forgot. What a weasel. A, a weasel. A weasel. Um, and it starts like a fight and like basically he kind of insults his uh, Schwartz's wife and right after he's telling Lisa he's been taking anger management classes so it's like god he's it's always like one step forward two steps back with James so I, I'm pretty sure he's not going to Mexico yeah exactly and you know I feel like if the show put it in days and uh, granted this could go <laughs> good or bad but you know how on New York they're like she's 55 days sober da 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 like if I would imagine if the producers went with the narrative with James, like he's been doing this for 20 days. Like, I feel like people might empathize with him a little bit more, but granted, I, I kind of feel like a lot of more people are kind of understanding James more and kind of giving him not being as hard on him. Uh, agreed. Um, so, I mean, really that is kind of pumping a nutshell. Also, I mean, Carter basically sucks and is a dick, but it's really all we need to say there. Uh, and he has no upper lip. If you look at pictures <laughs> of him. Like truly no upper lip. I'm gonna go it's look at pictures weird. of him now. That's crazy. I haven't. No, that. it's kind of weird. He it's, his beard hides his no up upper lip. Uh, um. All right. So Atlanta. Yeah. So Atlanta. I'm gonna sum it up in the fastest <laughs> Atlanta recap ever. But basically, closet gate is still a thing. Um, Nini wasn't even in this last week's episode. Essentially, the week prior, it ended with. Nini getting upset with the producers. Actually, she was in this episode because how else would you see this? But anyways, she was getting upset with the producers going into her closet. The reason being, she said she gave them permission to film everywhere in her house but her closet. Her closet was messy. She didn't care that Candy and Portia saw it. 
but she did not want the rest of America to see it unless it's like tidied up and clean. She didn't want that impression of it. So that's kind of why she flipped her shit. And I also think everything going on with Greg plays into that. So that played a big part of the episode and the women hashing that out. Then the other thing that they, we got to see is Candy. Candy is like the jack of all trades. She has restaurants. She sells sex toys sometimes. <laughs> she does it all. So she um, is, it seems like she's really, really creative. So she decided to have a show that's like Welcome to the Dungeon. And it's kind of like a, I wouldn't even call it a cabaret show, but it's just her. It's like a haunted sex show is what she said. So um, it's pretty spicy. Lots of songs, lots of promiscuous dancing, promiscuous attire. And that is essentially the episode. Wow. And that's my take on Atlanta in general. So um, you guys, just as a programming note, we will cover the rest of Atlanta, but when it comes to the reunion, we will probably, um, cover it on our Instagram at real moms of Bravo. So I will leave it at that. So make sure you're following us. Otherwise you'd miss out on all of those little updates. Um, so this brings us to the end of the episode, uh, and we are still under 30 minutes. So I'm pretty excited. Um, our shout out this week is going to. Denise Richards, um, even though she's already married, we found out in this uh, week's episode that the divorce is final with Nicolette Sheridan and her fiance is ready to become a husband. Yes. And I can't believe that they're getting married so quickly and that he loves numerology. I actually have a soft spot for numerology and do all the things that he did, which I feel oh weird God. admitting, but I do that. Well, so I'm really excited I because it. I just found out my birthday is infinity because I'm my birthday is September 8th. Yeah, that's right. So, um, and I don't know. I need to look. I wonder if they actually got married on that date. Yeah, we need. We should double check. Um, but yeah. So, and also, I mean, if you've been listening to previous episodes, we love Denise. She's a breath of fresh air. I'm shocked at how down to earth and real and relatable she is. Um, and she just like puts everything out there, and I've I love her. So, um, we're so excited for you, Denise. And that is the end of the episode. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, as Vanessa said, make sure you're following us, especially um, during the Atlanta reunion at Real Moms of Bravo. And um, subscribe, give us a five-star review, and um, keep commenting and liking on our Instagrams. We love interacting with all of you. We will catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.